Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Podcast. My name is Liz Paris. And I'm Christina Cyphers. We're sisters. And we have been on a journey to get unstuck in life and learn tips, tools, and techniques to find more success, love, and happiness. We want to share what we've learned with you to help you move from surviving to thriving. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Arise and Thrive. We've got Elizabeth and Erin here today, and we're excited to talk to you more about relationships. Hi, Erin. Say hi to everybody. Hi, Elizabeth, and hi, everybody, all the listeners. Thanks for listening in. We hope that this uh, message today will give you some value, and I'm glad to be here. I know Elizabeth's glad to be here because she's yeah. she's awesome. So This is a highlight of my week. I love I love the podcast. You know, sometimes it stresses me out a little to get ready and feel like we've got good things to share and things, but I, I love connecting with other people that come on. I love sharing the, the ahas and the things that I'm learning and it's just so fun. So I'm glad to be here. Glad that Aaron's here. This is an awesome month where we've just been focusing in so much on relationships in the last two weeks have been a huge focus on more personal relationships with time and self. And so now we're going to reach out the next couple of weeks today and tomorrow we're going to be not tomorrow, but today and next week, <laughs> we're going to be talking about um, relationships with others. And today is en enhancing your relationship with your children. So this is a big mm -hmm. one. And both of us have been kind of laughing about, you know, like relationships with kids is a little more tricky than time or self in some ways but it's so rewarding and important to focus in on. So we're excited about today. Yeah, um, and I couldn't agree more with what Elizabeth just said. And just so the listeners know, we each are in the mix of raising the, the teens. Um, we've been through the experience of raising toddlers and young ones. I've got three girls and one boy. Um, and I've Elizabeth's got five boys. <laughs> five boys, so... Yeah. Um, I was telling Elizabeth in preparation for the podcast today that I've noticed I'm clearing my throat a lot when I'm, was I was like preparing and it's because I know I don't feel like an expert in this area, but it's an area that I know there needs to be some support and some conversation about how are we going to get through these stages and, and help our kids prepare for adulthood, you know, how to, how to relate to other people. And we think we have some really good ideas. Again, they're ideas, they're, they're impressions, they're insights, but um, we trust you listeners that you have those insights and impressions to work with your kids and give them what they need as well, so. Yes, and you're the expert for your children. And if you're not feeling like the expert, you can reach out and understand what they need in a better way just by being open to, hey, I wanna, I wanna know. I wanna know how to help them. and and opening yourself up to that. So I know sometimes I've thought that, like, I don't know how to reach this certain child. And if you stay in that space of, I don't know, I don't know, it's really hard to make meaningful connection. But if you're willing to, to I don't know, go the distance, I guess, or like be like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I, I'm willing to open myself up to what can I do? What kind of conversations can I have? What kind of activities would help stimulate my kid to be more motivated or excited about life. Um, and, you know, we've dealt with the younger kids, so that's a little different. And then we've dealt with teens and that's a different story. 
And every stage is different and every kid goes through different stages. Sometimes they're super open and social and, and doing great in the next year. They might be a little more closed down and it's like, whoa, what happened? And, and just to remind everybody, there's nothing wrong. Like maybe there's things that need to, some attention, some healing, but just remember kids aren't broken and we're not trying to fix them. That's something we have to remind ourselves of, right, of, right Aaron? <laughs> and I think also, you know, whatever your whatever our kids are showing us, it's not punishment. It's yeah. not like there's some kind of punishment because we're doing something wrong. It's just an opportunity for us to figure out how to support them and to be a team, you know? And so <clears throat> we, our approach, me and Elizabeth's approach to this is to not ignore what's confusing and and we misunderstand because if you do that your relationship is going to get increasingly strained with your kids yeah so you know we kind of take that mentality of oh tomorrow it'll get better maybe they'll be in a better mood tomorrow and maybe they will but (laughs) honestly what i've learned from my kids and our my relationship with them is if I have the attitude of, you know what, I'm going to be a support. I don't really understand why they're acting like this or why they're requesting this, but I'm going to address it. I'm not going to just let it linger. As the cranberries saying, don't just let it linger. Anyway. <laughs> Good song. <laughs> um, definitely. Maybe it's the cranberries fault. They sang that song. Did you yeah, have to I'll let it? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> That's funny. So definitely, um, as Aaron talks about um, not avoiding, the words that I thought of, and we don't physically usually run away from our kids' problems, but, you know, sometimes we do emotionally, sometimes we do mentally, it's like, I'm checking out, not going to be here. So, you know, sometimes we (laughs) think, oh, I'm going to, you know, we have that reaction of I'm going to run away or I will react to what's going on with them or avoid what's going on with them. And um, when your kid has a whole bunch of emotions coming out, I was at the park yesterday with another mom, an awesome mom, and her kid was just having a meltdown. And, um, you know, it was that time of day, tired, hungry, and it was just major meltdown. And she was so super mom, like just talked him through it, stayed calm. I was really impressed. But when your kid's stuff comes up like that, the tendency sometimes is to react. Like they're, they've got this stuff going on. So the tendency is to jump in and react or be frustrated or kind of get your emotions involved or get attached to what's going on. Like they shouldn't be doing this or everybody's watching or you, know, you start to kind of grab onto these thoughts about how it should be and it's not. Um, and so that causes a lot of discomfort as a parent So just as we have these things come up, the important thing to do is to observe, um, start asking questions with your kid, and then definitely send love. And I think you can only support and love and strengthen as much as you are grounded and you feel centered and like able to like go in and and help that child. And I think that's really important to remember that the last two podcast episodes were about Uh, developing our relationship with time and self and the more that we I don't know the word master is the right word but the more that we master our own selves our own emotions and we listen to ourselves the more that we'll we'll be able to send that love and that compassion with our kids 
because I'm sure Aaron's noticed this, but when your kid gets triggered, it usually triggers something inside of you and it can kind of get big inside of you or frustrating inside of you. So I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is if I breathe and just kind of calm and try to look at it as an outside observer, not that I'm emotionally attached to this child, although I am, <laughs> but like, okay, if I was a stranger walking by and I saw this happening, what, what would I be thinking? And, you know, you wouldn't be reacting. You would observe, you would ask questions like, Hmm, I wonder what's going on with them. I wonder what I could help support them with. Maybe they have a fear. Maybe they're, you know, they're angry. Maybe they had something go on today. And so when you start to notice something that's going on, um, I think getting in that observe and send love state is really important because that's usually when it's the hardest <laughs> to mm-hmm. not to not react and to not get that anger, that frustration. If you can kind of stay in that space of, okay, I'm just going to love you, even though you're throwing the tantrum, even though this is going on. Um, well, and I think also that <clears throat> that we don't really get a lot of reinforcement <clears throat> with like if I do a great dad thing, like if I have a great dad moment, my kid doesn't say, dad, you really handled that well. <laughs> and there's no crowd cheering, you know, like, wow, the way that you handled that was amazing. So, you know, really up against some odds as parents when it comes to effective practices, we, we sometimes don't realize the impact that we're having because we don't get feedback that's actually useful for us. Because one day, like this mom at the park that you you talked about, that was a great moment. But what happens tomorrow when the same thing happens and your kid acts the same way? Well, didn't we go over this yesterday? Shouldn't you, <laughs> child, be in a spot now where that's been checked off and done? And so as parents, we really need to be aware of that just because we had a great moment one day and we think that our kid understood like the lesson it doesn't mean that that lesson is complete. It just means, you know, my attitude, my attitude as a dad is best to relate to my kids when I understand they probably didn't get the lesson. So tomorrow when they act the same way, I need to be calm, take a breath and guide them through this again, knowing that they probably are not going to be appreciative and I'm probably not going to get much notice from people around me telling me, Hey, that, that really works. That's a great thing you're doing. There, there's not a lot of validation in our parenting practices and we need to be mindful of that. If you're aware of that fact, it, it really helps you to develop an attitude where it's like, you know, they're children, they're trying to learn how to be, uh, behave, uh, how to become. And so we need to move past thinking that because we taught them one time that it's yeah. stuck. it it just so the the obstacle for us as parents is to realize that our attitude is best to connect with our kids when we just we are we are saying i'm a parent and i i want to be here i choose to be here and i'm going to have a great attitude and i'm going to help them develop i'll teach them the same lesson twenty thousand times if Mm -hmm. i need to and i'm not going to get credit for it but that's okay (laughs) I'm not going to get credit for it until they're 30, 40 years old. And that's okay. It's okay. Yes. And sometimes never probably, but you know, it's, I think 
<laughs> I think that that idea of forgiving them when they act up again, you know, because one of the biggest things is, you know, to not react and send the love. But then, like you said, when it happens again tomorrow, going to that space of, you know, we're working on this. Yeah, you didn't get the lesson. I like that a lot. And so let's talk a little bit about forgiveness, because that's one of our big areas that we think is so important when you're parenting. Um, you know, sometimes there's an emotional residue left over from interactions with your children. <laughs> like, oh, you just feel so irritated by whatever just happened, or you feel um, angry at them that they didn't follow through on something that you thought they would, or they didn't behave in the way you wish they had, or whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You know what I'm talking about with your particular kiddos. Um, but forgiveness is a huge piece to being a good parent. And, you know, your kid is always going to be learning. They're never going to arrive at the perfect spot um, where, you know, they would meet your expectation of perfection. Um, but okay. And I gotta, I gotta step in here because I, yeah. I think the listeners, you know, this is a, this is definitely an issue that, that we need to look at as parents. So for list, the listeners, this perfection thing, like it is really an energy that's fueling the disconnect in the relationship with our kids. We, we are expecting way too much from them, probably because we have we have experiences from our teenage years, childhood years that we did not feel happy about, or we know we could have done better. And we're really, we're really putting our perfectionism on them to kind of like complete our, you know, mistakes and making that turn full circle. But I loved how Elizabeth was pointing that out. So for the listeners, you want to pay attention to what's fueling the disconnect in your relationships. It might be because you expect perfection from them perfect room, clean, showered, hair looks nice, they're dressed nice. I'm, I'm not sure what your vision is, but you, you need to be aware and I need to be aware that that perfectionism is a part of, you know, it's definitely a, a parenting, like you want to pay attention to that. Are you expecting perfection from your kids? So forgiveness is a really good remedy for that that fuel of perfectionism because you're, you're saying, you know what, I'm okay that they experience imperfection. I'm okay with that. One of the objectives that we wanted to focus on with increasing and strengthening the relationship with kids is that your house is a sanctuary and, and your, your toddlers are transitioning from physical pains and discomforts from jumping off couches and furniture and trees <laughs> from playground equipment to mental injury and pain. And so your home being a sanctuary where they feel like they can be honest about what they see, what they hear, how they smell. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. So when, when Elizabeth brings up forgiveness, the things that I've noticed that have really brought value to strengthening the relationship with my teenagers there are some specific areas where I, I know I have to forgive. One is their smell. Like they, they have different smells. And as much as we try to deny that smells aren't a big deal, they are. 
So just forgive them for their odor. They've probably got stomach aches all day in school, trying to navigate friends and, and assignments, and it, it causes stomach distress. And that's going to come out and smell funky. Forgive them. <laughs> Another one is the way they dress. You may not like the way they're dressing. Um, it's important to forgive them and try to help them understand whatever your standards are, but understand that they're trying to figure out where they fit. So forgive them for how they dress. Like it'll, it'll help a ton. Uh, one last one, and there's more, but this is one that I focus on is, is the messes that they leave behind. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like dishes <laughs> everywhere, socks, like, yeah. <laughs> laundry, um, their Sometimes room. their attitude, they <laughs> yeah. leave their attitude around and it's like, okay, forget, <laughs> like forgiving them in those specific areas has really, I'll say with my son, the smell has been huge. Like I can tell, like he doesn't care how he smells. He doesn't care if he's sweaty. He'll give me a hug. And, and he knows that I'm not going to, I'm not going to push him away. I'm going to, I'm going to accept it. So forgiveness is a great way to make your home a safe place for their mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Accept them for their smells, their messes, and their attitude. It's, it's just, it's smart. It strengthens relationships. I don't know what Elizabeth has found, but that's what yeah. I found with forgiveness. I think that's so good. And I want to add to a couple of things. My my mind's gone in a couple different directions, but I want to talk for a minute about the sanctuary idea and how our home can be a sanctuary. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect in our home, like spotless and all systems running perfectly, you know, ch children bring in the mail right after school and feed the dog right after that. And, you know, that would be great. <laughs> but what it means <laughs> to have a sanctuary is to actually have a place where the family can be vulnerable. And the reason why is because we spend so much time hiding our imperfections and trying to go unnoticed, especially kids in middle school and high school and even elementary, you know, they, they don't wanna stand out and be embarrassed. And so when they come home, accepting them wholeheartedly for whatever's going on. You know, they rip their pants. Okay. You know, maybe you don't love that they rip their new pants, but you still love them, you know, talk about, you know, right way to take care of your clothes or things like that, but you still love them. Um, and then just as they're coming into your home, you want to make that a space where they could share those things that are hard for them. And so that's why we say sanctuary, because it's a safe place. It's a safe place to totally be yourself and to be vulnerable being yourself. And if they like open up and then suddenly there's criticizing there, my son the other day shared something that he saw at school that was appalling to me. Um, someone showed something on their phone that was totally inappropriate. And as I heard that, my mama bear wanted to like overreact and freak out. And my husband was the calm person at that moment and, you know, talked him through it. And thanks for sharing with us. And you know, like it was really good. He did a really good job of staying calm and, and going through and validating and talking about what's appropriate, what's not, and what steps to take with something like that going on. And so, you know, if our kids notice that we're not reacting, but that we are asking questions and observing and sending that love, they will feel safe. 
they will feel like our home's a sanctuary where they can bring things up that are hard to them. And as you're leaning in to understand them, they will feel that genuine care and lack of judgment. They'll be like, oh, my parents actually care about me. They want to know what's going on. I don't have to act like I'm perfect and I have all my homework done. And, you know, and that's where lying comes in with kids is because they think that they need to be a certain way to be okay. So they'll lie and say, you know, this is, this is what happened, mama. Yeah, I'm done with my homework. Um, but really, you know, they're not. And it's because they feel uncomfortable really being themselves, really being where they're at, really having the imperfections or the weaknesses that they do. And so it's so important, you know, honesty is an important thing, but like knowing that they'll be okay saying what's really going on, saying where they're struggling, saying where they're having a hard time, knowing that they'll, they'll be okay at home with their parents, with their siblings, and that that's a safe place will help so much with all the kind of other areas of life, you know? And I think, I think the word that they'll be okay means they're accepted. We got to, yeah. you got to, <clears throat> you got to recall your teenage years to remember how it felt to not be included. And that's what our kids are experiencing it, at, at least once a day. They feel like they don't fit in. Like there's something about them that's ugly, stinky, disorganized. And I think as parents, we're contributing to that belief that they're not sure where they fit. So the really the key is, you know, when Elizabeth says it, it's okay, I think the word that fits there is that they're accepted. Whether they swear, whether they dress different, um, whether they don't clean up after themselves, whether they have we can, look, we can look past, we can look past that and see that this is a human being that we, we brought to this planet that we have been entrusted to teach and nurture and compliment. And I think with our own struggles, we're kind of missing that beauty within them. Like we're not seeing their gifts. We're seeing their, we're seeing their we're seeing their weaknesses more than we're seeing their strengths. And That's so what, what we're doing is we're looking at their dress and their hair and their rooms. And we're saying, Oh, you guys are, did I really raise you this way? Of course we didn't. That's not how we raise them, but they've got to find out their identity and they've got to be allowed the space to find that identity in a, an environment where they feel accepted. Like it is so critical that they feel included because they're trying to figure out where they fit. Well, let's make sure at home they fit. Like maybe you don't fit out there yet, but you fit here. You fit in this home, you fit in our family, you know? And so it's, it's just so important for us to remember that underneath their mess, there's so much beauty and, and care and service and love and it's, it's there if we want to see it and develop it, help them. So, yeah, so good. I, I think one of the biggest things you can do to forgive your kids, this is just a little technique that I've used. Um, if you're feeling some feelings, some residue of some kind of negative emotion with your child, whether it's irritated, angry, frustrated, disappointed, whatever it is, if you're hanging on to that and you need to let it go, um, 
you can write some of those things out that are negative and throw those away. But then if you just take a paper and really like zone in on the things you love about your child and feel gratitude for them being in your life, if they were not here tomorrow, what would you miss? What are the things that in, in with that particular child that are their strengths that you really do love and admire about them? Um, and I like this because um, there's no joy in life without gratitude. And so if you can be grateful for your child, that will help counteract any of those negative feelings that come up as you're dealing with their stuff, because they are messy and they do have issues and they do have weaknesses and they do have, you know, they don't feel comfortable. And when someone doesn't feel comfortable, they're afraid. So sometimes they act in ways that hurts other people or that is just messy. And so then we get to kind of deal with those things, but we get to let them know that those things are just things, but really at the heart of it, we love them. We, we want to accept them and help them and strengthen them in the good ways. And so that's the first one is that little forgiveness activity where you get out kind of the negative feelings you're having about that person and then bring in what you love about them. And the second one that I found that has really been powerful for me and, you know, maybe a different variation of this for different people, but I love music. Music's very moving for me. So sometimes I'll turn on like kind of a softer kind of maybe a meditative type music or sometimes some of those epic musics like that, that just kind of move you. It has a lot of movement and motivation. And I will envision my children as grown adults in roles where they are making a difference in life. And I like this because it helps me not just see them for who they are right now. It helps me see them for their potential of like, hey, they're, you know, my son's going to be a father someday. And this is the type of father I see him being is listening, loving, caring, um, hardworking, you know, all the, the different things that you, you can see them being. And then you have a totally different feel when you go to your children, if you've done some of these things, than if you're still holding on to the mess they made yesterday. Yeah. And I think when you say holding on, I, I think of stuck, you know, mm -hmm. so your point of moving those emotions, music is a really good resource to move emotions. It just, it, it's great. It's got rhythm. It's got, it's got rhyme and, and it does, it, it can move you from feeling frustrated to maybe just maybe angry, but that's still movement. And that's the key when it comes to these strained relationships. We don't know how to fix them, so we just leave them. Well, something that's broke doesn't get fixed by leaving okay. it there. Yeah. <laughs> it, it gets addressed by paying attention to it and nurturing it and, and problem solving. So I love the idea and the suggestion to listen to music. It, movement is the key when it comes to emotions. Even if you move from sorrow to anger, it's still movement. You don't want to get stuck in any of that because it, it'll spread and get stinkier, more potent, and and that doesn't help. That's not what you want. We know that. Yeah, for so. sure. <clears throat> Great. So one other thing we want to share. Um, so forgiveness is huge. Also love and compassion in their weaknesses, in their strengths. And then the other one is to really hear them. So number three is to hear them. And that that's a big one because, you know, some, sometimes you want to just say no right away. Um, 
Aaron was talking earlier with me about how we have our to-do lists. And if a kid, you know, like says, has a little request to get a ride across town or whatever, um, then that adds one more thing to our to-do list. And so sometimes we automatically resist requests from our kids and they can feel that. And they, you know, it's not going to help promote your relationship or their ability to feel accepted and loved um, if we have those things coming up. And so definitely listening is huge. And I love, Aaron has a great idea about listening and negotiating when you hear what they, what they want. Tell us a little bit about that, Aaron. Well, I think, you know, when I look at my kids' requests, they're really not that big of a request normally. I mean, so what it tells me, I've just got, I've got a lot on my mind that, that I need to do. And now they come with this request. And really, if you look at the big picture, you really don't want to teach your kids that they can't get something they want. Like as an adult, you definitely want to feel like you can accomplish goals. So if they have a request, in essence, it's a goal. They want to go to a friend's house or they want to go eat fast food or they want to go, they want to go to an event like an, to like a movie or something. So they want, there's a goal. And every time we say no, we're, we're basically conditioning them that they can't accomplish that. So the objective here with this is that when your kids have requests, which your teenagers will, they're going to want a phone. They're going to want to go to a friend's house. They're going to want to go to a dance. They're going to want to go to a movie. And that's great. And, and we're saying no way too quick because we've just got too many things on our mind. So this is really a great opportunity to negotiate as a partnership with your kids. If they're ever motivated to go somewhere, be somewhere, be with somebody, that is like a sign to you that, okay, it's negotiation time. It's negotiation time. I give them something, they give me something. It's an exchange. And, and as adults, that's how relationships work. Relationships work in a way of you give, I receive. I give, you receive. We all benefit from the service uh, from one another. So um, with me, what I've realized is that when my kids have these requests, that I listen to what they, they're requesting. And then I'll look through my tasks and see what they can help me with. I don't usually say, what can you do for me? Because they'll say, I don't know. <laughs> but this is why it's really important for you listeners to have a list of tasks written down. Because when your kids come to you with a request, you can look at your list and you can say, how about number seven, number nine, and number 11? Can you do those for me? And I will, you know, take you to the movie theater. Um, but depending on the request, like how big it is, you may say, you know, this is probably worth five things on my task list that you could help me with. And I believe the kids, if they knew, they would say, sure. I'll do that. And I just, I love the outcome of the partnership. And I feel like with my teenagers where I've gotten the, the biggest increase in relating to them, it's our negotiations. In fact, I just did this one this past weekend. Uh, my son Bryce wanted to go somewhere and, oh, he wanted to go play basketball with his friends, which that's a great request. Go exercise, right? But for some reason I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to help him. I got things to do. But I did the listen first. Okay, so he's requesting to go do this with his friends. 
it involved me because I have the keys to the building where the gym is. So I needed to be there. So I knew I would have to put in 45 minutes to an hour. But what I got in return was me and my wife were going to, we were, we did a getaway this past weekend and I wanted my son to be home while we were gone. And I wanted him to also be respectful and kind to his sisters because sometimes they have disagreements. And I said, in exchange, I would like you to have a pleasant attitude and be helpful here while me and your mom are gone and, and be polite. And he said, sure. We got home Sunday morning and it was great. Like, so we, we have to realize how important negotiation is with the teens. We're so quick to say no that we're not teaching them how to help them get their goal. That is such a key thing. If they don't believe they can reach their goals because you say no, that voice is going to end up being their voice. They're, when their adults are going to say, oh, I'd really like to go for this job and take this risk. And the but first I thing they're going to hear is that. no. Yeah. The I first thing they're going to hear is no. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, I, I've just really found a lot of success in strengthening my relationship with my kids when, when that approach has been implemented. And it doesn't always work perfectly, but it, it is something to bring value and strengthen a relationship. So you can give that. that a try. So Yeah. I think that's a perfect win-win because, you know, both sides have needs. And this is just one way where it's like, let's come together and work as a team so that both of the needs can be met. So I think that's terrific. Well, and I think for the listeners, it's partnership, right? Because what you listeners want from your kids is to feel like you have help. And so when they come to you with a request, they're asking for your help. Well, in return, you can say, well, here's my task list. I want you to pick five things from there that you could help me with. And it doesn't always need to be like laundry. It can be like attitude stuff. Mm-hmm. It can be like compliment your sisters. It can be compliment or, or show appreciation to dad. Like say, dad, I love you. Say, you know, it can be very like you can come up with some great ideas to help them like learn some really great things about mental and emotion, uh, mental and emotional health too. It doesn't need to just be physical stuff. It can be things that make your home safe, like how we talk to each other. Like I said, when I exchanges the Bryce, my son, he, he was all in. And I mean, the, the, my daughters, I have three daughters. They all said he was great. He was, he was helpful. He, and I was like, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. Yeah, that's terrific. And I love that you can help your kids practice and then they can gain skills that you already would love for them to develop, but it's this opportunity where you're helping promote it, paying attention to it. Cause when you focus on something, then, you know, it starts to grow better and bigger in your life. So I like Definitely. that that it gives you some leverage, I guess, to get those things going in your family. That's really, and it cool. also teaches your kids about goals and, and thinking of things they want to do in life. Yeah. I, I just, I cringe at how many times I've told my kids no, you know, not realizing that they're going to be adults one day and I want them to believe they can accomplish anything they put their mind to. Yeah. There's going to be barriers regardless. I don't want my voice and my teaching to them growing up that 
you know, well, it's because dad said no. Well, I want them to think, well, dad always believed in me. I always thought I could do it. He always tried to work with me. So there's got to be a way to make this work. Got to be a way. And it's all a total mindset thing that you're teaching your kids and future mindset. I love that that's the focus and helping them be so healthy to like move forward and not have excuses or a huge negative voice in their mind to not accomplish what they want in life. So good. Okay. Well, I love, I love today. You know, we are, we're learning and growing right alongside all of you parents. And so, yeah, we hope that something today really hit you, maybe the forgiveness piece or having that love and compassion and a home that's a sanctuary and kind of building that for your kids where it's safe. Um, or maybe even hearing them, listening to them, um, and not, not reacting, observing, and then taking that opportunity to understand what they want in life. And then using that to have it be a win-win on both sides for parent and child and to negotiate and build some teamwork. I think that's terrific. Um, so before we go today, Aaron has a, an oops moment. Oh, you know, for your listeners, I've had, I've had so many, so many oops moments, but with relation to our topic today about your home being a haven, like a sanctuary, um, I've really tried to scale back on scaring my kids, like jumping out of dark places and saying boo or, you know, just (laughs) stuff like that. Well, one day my 17 year old was walking up our stairs from the garage and she was walking in and I I was in a good mood. And, you know, part of me is like, when I'm in a good mood, I like to be playful, but with teens, at least with my, I'll say with my daughter, not teens, this just her, she doesn't like to be startled. Well, I startled her coming up the stairs and I didn't realize she had hot chocolate in her hand. Oh no. And so, (laughs) and so she spilled her hot chocolate on her pants, like her favorite pants. And I don't know if you guys know the look you probably do. Like when your teens are like in that 15 to 17, 18 range, there's just that look of like, are you an idiot? (laughs) I am so ticked at you right now. (laughs) So I didn't know she had hot chocolate in her hand, but even then still, um, it was a huge oops moment and I had to really do some major repair work and I had to ask for forgiveness, not forgive her. I had to plead for her forgiveness. And I also committed to never startle her again. And that was a big commitment because (laughs) I'm very playful, but I want the listeners to know since that's happened, I have startled her twice Uh (laughs) and caught myself after and like, Oh, and she's like, dad, I thought you were not going to do it. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> um, but it's actually ended up being an oops moment that has brought value in strengthening our relationship. And I've told that story here and there. And it never fails that after after I share the story, I'll have people come up and like, wow, I can't believe you did that. That would have, that was probably so uncomfortable. And we just talk about it for a minute with, with other parents. But it's okay. I know you listeners, you're doing your best. You know, I I would say if you were going to prioritize what we've talked about today, I would focus on the forgiveness one first. It can bring some real awesome power in relating to your kids. 
um, forgive them. They, they don't even know that they're bothering you. So exactly. forgive them without <laughs> even knowing that you're forgiving them. Just start forgiving them. They stink. They smell. They're messy. We know that. Let your house be a place where they can be stinky, smelly, and messy. And and I'll say this too lastly, because I we wanted to be to the point today. I'll say this lastly, like when it comes to them cleaning up and stuff, partner up with them. You know, instead of just going by the room and saying, you need to clean up this room, this mess. You know, instead we go by and say, hey, is a good time for us to clean up your room together? Can we do this together? And I've had a lot more success with my kids with that approach than just you clean up the mess, even though they made it. I want them to know that I'm here to help them clean up their messes, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional or spiritual or mental. I'm here to partner up and help. And it'll definitely make an impact. So forgive them, I would say, first. And then work on the negotiating and the requests, like how to handle that. Because forgiveness is just amazing. So it's the best. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so many good things today. Thank you so much, Aaron, for being on. Um, I love being here. Yeah, it's been so fun. We've got next week, too. And um, so we're excited for that. And so don't go too far away. Get back on and, and join us again next week. And um, remember to love your kids as much as you can as they are right now so that they can learn to love themselves as they are. And we hope you guys have an awesome week. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Are you ready to make forward movement in an area of your life? Relationships, money, organization, health, or happiness? We want to help you get the results you have always wanted and the happiness that you are worthy of. And so we have started a movement to support you in making these positive changes in your life. Arise Now is the best place to start when you are ready to get better results in life and you want positive support, effective tools, and strong motivation to make it happen. And that's why we started our movement, Arise Now. Arise Now is a supportive, fun, three-month-long program where you will learn tools, techniques, and mindset shifts to move forward in relationships and goals. In Arise Now, you will have the support to set and accomplish three personalized goals. You will receive 12 valuable one-hour live trainings. Enjoy daily accountability and enjoy a safe, supportive community to start arising and thriving now. Visit ariseandthrivelife.com today and register so that you can get all the support, training, and accountability to start arising and thriving in your life.